right, three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Eddie's ATF. I am joined once again with by my good friend Kieran. Kieran, say hi. Hello. So, Kieran, you're you're a cars guy, is that right? Oh yeah, big time. You love cars. Uh, um, now much. you've expressed to me in the past how you you hate uh, Ford. I do not hate Ford. I have respect for them. A lot of their newer trucks are trash. Right. That's so, most, most new vehicles. So my question, I'd say 90s under. They're good vehicles. Okay. Obviously, way back when, when they were first started, they were absolute crap. They, they just, they were dangerous. They couldn't run very far. Well, most vehicles couldn't back then. Well, no. That was pretty much all vehicles. But they got better, and then they got worse. So, actually, I'm curious to ask you. Right before we get into the meat and potatoes of it all, if yeah. you had a choice, okay, between the best Chevy truck ever made mm -hmm. and the best Ford truck ever made, which one would you choose? I would keep, choose? But keep in mind that Ford's been doing it longer. I would go Chevy. I've looked into them a lot more. I like Chevys very much. Right. I respect Ford. I've they just I'm not a fan. Not a fan. They have some good vehicles, but well, you know, I've talked to people before in in the past, and um, actually, this one guy used to know Robert. He was he's actually a Marine now, and he he what he had a huge issue with their aluminum framing. They switched from steel to aluminum. The Ford, right? Yes, a few years back. But I'm kind of confused on that note because, like, I heard a while back that like I'm, it was probably a commercial or something like that, but like. Uh, so there's something about the way aluminum works, like has more like buoyancy to it, like it is safer or something like that. I'm not sure. I haven't looked into that very much. Um, I definitely do not agree with the aluminum frames. Okay. They're they're much lighter duty. They cannot handle as much strain. The one thing is they don't rust. Oh, right. That's probably why they and do that's it. That's part of the reason, I think. But they're very. They're not as strong. A steel frame will be much safer. That's the way I see it. Right. Now I'm curious, actually, uh, if I could just throw some trivia your way. Of uh, when was the first car ever made? Actually, because because you know cars go. You know cars go way back. You know at least over a hundred years. Oh yes, very. Good. You know, and it's kind of like okay. So when was the first one ever made? And did it actually look like what we think of as a car? Okay, so it looked more like a wagon. It had three wagon. wheels. It had like big wooden wagon wheels. It went. Sounds so kind of funny. <laughs> it is. It's a funny looking car. It was basically a wagon with three wheels, and he'd sit on top, and the steering wheel went straight down, right in the middle. Oh. And the first car was made in. It was built May fourteenth in eighteen eighty six by so Carl a, Benz. So that's like a. Oh, like Mercedes? Yes. Oh, that would have been like, like 140 years ago. Something like that, yeah. Something like that. Well, not quite. You said you said 86, right? Yes. 1886. So not quite 40 years, you know, 140 years. We're looking at like, you know, 100 and – let me do some math here. We're looking at 138 years, mm -hmm. 2022. You know, we're close. Yeah. We're close. Wow. These are really neat about that. No, it's a, it's a very – it didn't look much like a car. It didn't go very fast in the slightest. Well, people only had wagons to base off their designs at the yeah. time. And then, like, as it got, they 
couple people kind of took it and ran uh, like in or July for or 19th sorry July 19th in 1903 Ford started Ford's motor right uh, obviously by Henry Ford most people know that but right, he yeah. opened a motor company and in the first year sold 1700 cars or right around there now I I heard something somewhere where cars were very very slow back then like it was. It took. Uh, it took a few decades before cars could actually go like sixty miles per hour. Oh yeah. You know, it's kind of funny to think about that. It's kind of like wow. So for a while there, cars were like. So instead of walking, you just go at the same speed. Pretty much, yeah. But you're sitting they, down. They went between 20 to 10, 15 miles an hour. A little faster. Sometimes, yeah. But still, like a couple, like the some of the newer Fords. Well, I wouldn't say newer. Like now, I mean newer back then. Like in the early 1900s, very early, they were they were around 30, right. which at that point they were very unsafe. Right. 30 miles an hour, when they were in an accident, it was a very nasty accident. But oh yeah, like those things would flip because they weren't very heavy, right? No, they were not very heavy. They a lot of them had wooden wheels, or like a it was a wooden wheel, and then the tire was rubber. But it was it was kind of oh, like so those could break. Yes, very much. Wow, quite easy. So that so that kind of explains like those old John Wayne movies where John Wayne would be like, oh no, I'll take my horse, you know. Yes, pilgrims. <laughs> that, that's actually kind of neat. That's very neat. But like, I'm curious because I'm not a mechanic. Yeah. Right. I'm I'm no I'm by no means someone who's well versed in how cars work and stuff like that. So I'm curious to ask, you know, what is something like like fairly common about a about an engine that most people like they don't even really think about like oh like that's really necessary but it just doesn't really occur to them. Um I, I really don't know. Uh It's a hard one to answer. There's a lot of parts on a car that have to be there that a lot of people wouldn't think. Probably the motor. That that's a very important one, yes. <laughs> but that's usually a key part to a vehicle. And the car won't start. Right? Well, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I figured out what the problem was. You're, you're missing a motor. But it's yeah, motor. Um, <laughs> wheels definitely the turn. motor. A lot of people that... Um, uh, shit, sorry. Excuse me. Um, I, really, I don't fine. know. It's a very hard one to answer. Oh, yeah. But like, I'm, like, I think a lot of people, like, they know that there's an engine and a transmission and axles. I don't think they know quite how they work. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Like, I mean, I, I we, we've talked about this in the past, and you, you, you crack some jokes at it, which fully warranted, of course. Like, how does one change oil? <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> You'd be surprised how many people do not know how to do that. I'm one of them. There's, I'm one of them, yeah. There are two things you remove. And put back on, and you're done. So I'm curious. Do you have to like go under the car to do that? Yes. Go under the car. Okay. You'll crawl under the car. You'll remove the drain plug, which is right at the bottom of the oil pan, which is right under the engine, attached to the engine. You'll remove that. You'll drain all the oil into a pan. You'll put that back in. Then you'll remove the oil filter, which is sometimes it's on different places on all vehicles, but usually right at the base of the engine. Um. And then you would put a new one on there, and then you would fill up the engine, 
back with oil. That is done from under the hood with the correct amount of quartz that go in the there. Right. You there know, are certain oils in different vehicles. And you that. know, uh, I'm pretty sure everyone who drives a car, you know, just they, they know how to put in gas, right? Yeah. Pretty straightforward. Um, and as for me, you know, like I watched, I thought it was cool. So like I knew how to do it when I was seven. Yeah. I, you know, I used to pump my parents gas when I was around that age. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of easy. It's like, you know, you put it, you put it in, you know, you, yeah. you pull it, you pull, really the, not that pull that in. Yeah, it's easy. You press the correct, you know, type of feel you want. Pretty mm -hmm. straightforward. But I was listening to, I was, <laughs> and this is why I bring this up, you know, because we're on the topic of cars. And I thought it was funny. I was watching this uh, Jeff Dunham stand up one time. Um, most people listening are probably going to know what I'm about to talk about, maybe. Mm -hmm. It was a Christmas special he was doing. Jeff Dunham, if you don't know, he's a ventriloquist. Mm -hmm. Right, so he's a comedian, and he has like different dummies and everything, and puppets. He, yeah, all different voices and all that. Um, and before he starts each of his shows, right, he does a little bit of just stand up by himself. So, and then when he brings the puppets on, all the jokes are sort of leached off of that original okay. monologue. <clears throat> you know, pretty. It, it 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 makes a lot of sense. So that the entire audience is on board with what the puppets are joking with him about, and. He was telling a story about how he, he, one of his daughters had turned 16 and had gotten her license mm -hmm. and they got her a car. Okay. And for some reason, she did not, did not know how to put fuel in the car. Right. Right. So. It's not he, uncommon. She is 16 years old, doesn't know how to do it. And the wife, apparently, he's telling this, right? She recorded the video. And, like, she's sitting there, you know, like, complete Californian accent. I don't know how to do it. You know? And the, and, and the, and the, and the, and the wife's like, you got to turn, you got to turn the, uh, the cap, you know, uh, mm -hmm. clockwise. Right? Righty, tidy, lefty, Lucy. Yeah. And so funny because he said the daughter looks down at her watch and it's a digital watch <laughs> so she's like what, what, what baffles me is like did she not ever look at a normal clock ever right like even if you have a digital watch you you should know that it, it spins around in a certain direction some, you know some people are the brightest i will i will say that specifically teenage uh, california girls <laughs> teenagers in general I don't know. I've met some clever teenagers in the past. At least they said they were clever, so I'll take their word for it. I wouldn't, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, you, you know, um, there's an old saying, you know, actually, and <laughs> there's, an old, there's an old saying, quite funny if you ask me, and that is, ah, they're 17. Hire them now while they still know everything. Because, <laughs> you know, you got those teenagers out there. They're just like, oh, I know everything in the world. You know, and right. they they don't. Obviously, you know, no, some, no one some, does. Some of them don't know how to. Uh, Even the smartest people in the world don't. Some people don't know how to, you know, fuel up a car. I mean, like I may not know how to change oil, right? But I know how to put oil. It's kind in. of like a key part to driving, is to know how to fill up the fuel. Right, because if you run out of gas, you don't want to be stranded there on the side of the road going, "What's a gas station?" It's like I don't. Right. I don't know what a gas station is. It's like, what is it? It's, 
<laughs> you know, it wasn't that bad. She knew what a gas station was. Well, everyone does, but most people anyway, you know, right. But anyway, I, it's just uh, it's a tangent there, but, and you know, I just thought it'd be worth mentioning is like, you know, this is, this, wow. <laughs> you know, but I'm So actually about the transmission. Yeah. You mentioned that. I'm curious. So does the transmission, like how do transmissions differ between automatics and manuals? So a automatic transmission, which they did have way back. They were just, they weren't as reliable, I guess. They, right. they were, they ran completely different. So automatic transmissions now run electrically. Right. In a way. Um, which is. Which they automatically shift gears. Right. So the engine or the motor basically turns, it turns the same way always. Okay. The transmission will, it will shift gears to let the RPMs on the motor go down. So it will make one gear turn bigger, which will turn the wheels faster. Right, but since it's a bigger gear, because of mass... There are more rounds. There's going to there's be less rounds being in a bigger gear to maintain the speed. Yes. Okay. Which keeps the engine okay. from overheating or blowing up. But like in a manual... In a manual, you shift it automatically. Right. So in the transmission, uh, there's a... I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it goes, it's got a bunch of gears on it and right under the shifter, which is like a cap that goes on top and then you have a rod, which goes in the center console of the vehicle Right. that you shift from first, second, third, fourth, fifth, so on, depends on the vehicle of course. or the transmission. Um, but, excuse me, um, brain fart. Yes. <laughs> You know, it's funny, you, you know, you shift it, it on your own and then, yeah, it's basically, it's basically the same as an automatic. It does the same or is there for the same purpose. You just have to shift it on your own. So uh, in, in regards to like, um, like when you're moving from, you know, park to reverse to mm -hmm. neutral to drive, is that entailed in the, in the transmission as well as, or is that, or yes, is that your a engine is always turning the exact same, the same way, right? The transmission will reverse gears. To make you go in reverse or forward. Okay. Okay. No. Okay. So is, is so the transmission handles all of that then? Yes. Okay. That because that was my question because I remember sitting there like okay, so automatic trans because I drive an automatic. Yes. Right. And I'm like okay, so I change, you know, I, I shift, you know, from park to neutral to drive. And I'm kind of like okay, but, but. So the transmission does that handle both of that, or because I'm I'm still shifting it myself. You're shifting in drive. So in a automatic, you shift into drive and you drive, and as you accelerate, it shift the transmission shifts on its own. Right. Uh, in a manual, as you accelerate, so you put it in first gear. Right. Or depending on the vehicle, first gear is sometimes too low to start from. Uh, so you'll start in second. Either way, you will start in first gear, let's say, and that's basically drive. Park is neutral on a automatic. Park is neutral on an automatic? Yes, so you have to have an e-brake on automatics. 
or sorry, manuals. Manuals have <laughs> manuals. Let's say, hold on, because I don't have to put an <laughs> e-brake on, and I don't no, have an automatics or manuals have an e-brake that you turn on because when you so there's also a clutch. You have to push the clutch in, which basically releases the gear, so that you can shift the next one so, into it. So, so okay, so that I've actually that was another question that what a, what a clutch was. So that that like releases like a a latch or something. Sort of. So it's kind of like a claw that goes in, right? And you'll push your clutch in, and it will move. It'll move a gear out of the way, so that when you go to shift, it doesn't grind on that other gear. Oh. So it moves it out of the way so that you can put a different one in the place and then it catches back on. Otherwise, because if you don't push the clutch, it'll just grind. Which right. Which will blow up your transmission. And I don't recommend doing that. It is not the cheapest or well, easiest to fix. I, that sounds like it could be a lot of fun, you know? <laughs> I've done it. It's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course you'd have done it. But you got I gotta see what my car's capable of here. Come on. <laughs> No, but essential on the topic of transmissions, I was uh, so there's an old mechanic that I know. Mm -hmm. um, he's uh, it's actually uh, Steve Murphy. Mm -hmm. Right now he's retired. Um, he, right. hadn't, he hadn't been a mechanic working a long time, but he was telling me a story one time. You know, because you know he sometimes he'd have to work on a car, right. and he would have to replace the transmission. Like it would be completely shot, and the only option is just replace the, replace the thing. So he would you know call transmission. It's not something that you fix. You can fix a transmission, but you have to rebuild it, which is taking all the gears out, getting brand new ones, and putting them all back in, and it's a pain. You can do the same thing with an engine. Right. But, but so most he, of the time, it's not worth it. Right. And he was telling me this interesting story where he uh, he, you know, he, he called the, the, the manufacturing company and be right. like, okay, I need a new transmission in. Mm -hmm. And... He would, you know, he get the new transmission in, and he was telling me this process that he would do, and this this was a, this while back where he would he would have to flush and clean the transmission. The new one, right? Yeah, he had to clean it like I think he said like three or four times in cycles until when the fluids were going out the other side, it was completely clean. Mm -hmm. And then then he would put it in, and the car would run as smooth as a whistle. And he was telling me that a lot of that there are some other mechanics uh, in the town, this town actually, because you know he worked here, and there's there's, yeah. there's more than one mechanic shop. They didn't do that. They didn't do that, right? Because they assumed that when the transmission comes in, it it's would brand new and it's clean. It'd be brand not. new and it's clean, but it's not. So th you would have a lot of customers, and this is why a lot of people would go to Steve, mm -hmm. was because you know when with transmission problems, because you'd have uh, you know these these customers to other mechanics, you know, not to say these people didn't know what they were doing in regards to cars and such, but you know. <laughs> They, you know, they, they that drive. That was just one thing they did. It was just right. kind of slip. And they would drive the car, mm -hmm. and then it would just break again because it was dirty and the pipes would get all clogged up, and it would just be a complete mess. And then, so after a little while, because all this was happening, and Steve was one of, I guess, not many mechanics that would clean out the transmissions yes. first, where the 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 manufacturing companies started to. They started just, you know, uh, when they when they would when they would drop off mm -hmm. um, a transmission to a mechanic, they would also bring like a cleaning kit, like to flush it out and stuff. Be like, okay, by the way, you you kind of have to do this mm -hmm. because these manufacturing companies, right? It's costing them a lot of money to keep doing this because they're receiving all sorts of complaints, and a lot of these companies, especially like I think Ford, it was, 
you know, their policy works is just like, oh, well, you know, the transmission breaks automatically. You know, we have to replace it for free. Mm-hmm. So they started doing warranty. Right. Because, you know, they would drive it for like half a day and it would break. So you know, that that's completely under the warranty. There's no other – a brand new transmission mm-hmm. would just break. So they started doing this and, you know, they <laughs> – and Steve was telling me where, you know, the, the, the manufacturing company called them and told them they're going to start doing this. And he's just like, oh, really? You know, that's funny. I, I've been cleaning them all myself. And they're like, you have? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, um, every time you order a new transmission for a customer, it's going to come with this stuff so you won't have to pay for that. And he's like, okay. Hmm. Done. He also had another story for me. And this one I thought was pretty cool. Do you know who Hulk Hogan is? I do not. So he was a wrestler back in the 80s, 70s or 80s. He was he had he had a very like distinctive look, right? So yeah. he had he had like reddish blonde hair and he had a big old mustache. And he was just freaking huge. Yeah. And <laughs> one day, Steve, right, he's out there working. Right. And this guy comes up and he looks exactly like Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Like like and the kid and his kids saw it too. Just dead on. Like they're pretty sure it was him, like down to the fact of his muscle tone and all of it, right? And the lady yeah. who was with him looked exactly like Hulk Hogan's wife. Okay. So the, either you had some people did something or whatnot to make themselves look as much like these people as possible or literally you had Hulk Hogan and his wife come over to this guy's mechanic shop. Okay. And – the reason they were there is they wanted to get a new transmission because this guy said he likes to work on cars on his own. And he's like, hey, um, you got a whole bunch of cars down here in this field. Would you mind if I just you know, went out there and took a transmission out and you mm-hmm. know, toyed with it a little bit? I mean, you're not going to use these. And Steve was like, yeah, sure, fine, whatever. And he goes back to work and he completely forgets that these people are down there. Right? He completely forgets that they're down there. Right. And so at five o'clock starts rolling around. They've been down there all afternoon. And and the kids are like, oh, by the way, they're still down there. And he's like, oh, right. Yeah, those people. I, t- I totally forgot about them. Right. And he goes down to the field and he sees he sees this guy. I'm just going to call him Hogan. I'm just, I'm just going to call him Hulk Hogan because it was probably him. Right. He's at the bottom of this little hill and he's got a transmission right there at the bottom of the hill. Mm-hmm. And... No, sorry. That's not what happened. No, no. The guy walked up to Steve and was like, hey, can you get your truck out here to help us get the get the transmission out? Mm-hmm. And Steve's like, oh, yeah, sure. Um, which car did you which car did you pull it out of? And they pointed out, you know, about 200 yards down the field with this car where they pulled the transmission out. And he was like, yeah, sure. I can do that. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get the truck and drive it down there. And it's like, oh, no, no, no. You don't need to drive it down there. He goes, well, what do you mean? He says, the transmission is at the bottom of the hill. He's like, excuse me? We carried it. We just couldn't carry it up the hill. <laughs> now, for I know you know a bit about cars. Transmissions are heavy. They're not light. I, I'm in the middle of rebuilding a, 60, a 1969 uh, or GMC Longhorn, which is an old pickup truck. Right. And, and no, transmissions are not light. It's currently not in the truck. It's not like well, they weigh a few hundred pounds, right? And when I say a few, I mean like three or four. No, 
Not not that quite. There. So transmission, whether you have the bell housing on or not, which I'm guessing they did, the bell housing probably weighs 50 pounds maybe. Right. The engine, I'd say 100, 120. So we're looking at nah, 170 pounds, which is still that's impressive. Well, this it was, depends this, on the this was an old. Though. This was an old truck transmission. So like was heavy, it a, like a big truck? Like it was. Uh, it was an old pickup trucks. So yeah, it was probably about the same as mine. So like about 200 pounds, maybe. So yeah, it was right around 200 pounds. That's still it's impressive, still, but they don't weigh as much as you think. And still, they carried it all the way. Mm-hmm. Carried it all the way, and all he had to do was just bring bring his truck down the field and. And here's the second part of the story, and this really blew Steve away, was then she, the wife, because the guy was tired from carrying the mm-hmm. transmission, she picks it up, <laughs> and she puts it in the back. And he's like, uh, do you need help with that? She's like, oh, no, it's fine. I got it. <laughs> and, and he was telling me this, and he was just like, yeah, probably one of the weirdest days I've ever had on the job. He's just like, I'm out there trying to pick someone uh, fix someone's car. All the while, I got some giants, a giant and his wife, <laughs> out there in my field, and they're 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 just trucking around transmissions. Like <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I mean, th- those things aren't light. They're not light. They weigh. They're less than an engine. Oh, a good like, let's say a Chevy three fifty. It's just a V eight. That's what I'm working on right now in my truck. Right. It weighs with all the parts right around four hundred pounds. This would have been what they were carrying because they didn't take it apart. Wait, the engine was attached? Well, uh, sorry, 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 sorry. I thought you said the transmission with all the parts attached to it. No, no, no. A transmission with all the parts t- attached to it would weigh right around 200 pounds. Maybe. Right, okay. So no, they're, they're, A they're engine carrying... with all the parts attached to it weighs about four 450, depending on the engine. Okay. It's so like okay. mine weighs about 350, 400. And that's a V8. Oh, that's neat. That's neat. But still, like, what do you think of that? That's, that's impressive. And she. Yeah, that's. Well, now, now she wasn't. She wasn't no small woman. Yes. Right. You know, she was. She was. She was big. Yeah. She wasn't fat. I don't want anyone to misunderstand that. When I say big, I don't mean fat. Okay. Mm-hmm. If I think a woman's fat, I'm and I'm gonna say fat to be clear. I mean, she was big, like she was jacked. Right. You know, she was about as tall as this guy. And if he was a wrestler, he probably wasn't that tall. He, he was tall. Re- rest, re- Most wrestlers are more short. Well, this would stocky. be this would be like WWE. Okay. So like, so like so like it's it's all for show. Okay. So like he got those big big guys, you know, like Dwayne Johnson, right? Yeah. He, he was right. A, right, he was a wrestler. Oh. Ish. Well, <laughs> WWE is fake. We know that. Everyone knows that. But you know, still, he's huge, mm-hmm. and that's that's kind of the look that 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 they go for. And yeah, I mean, goodness, I mean, because he got this huge guy. I mean, I think Hulk Hogan was like six eight. Wow, he's tall. Oh yeah, and he and he was big too, like he was jacked. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't one of those tall guys that you see where they're just like super skinny and shit like that. You know, which actually reminds me, I got a kid like that in my class. Uh, his name's Vincent. Great kid, great kid, great kid. Really, he is. Um, but it's really funny. He's like six three, six four. He's only like fifteen or sixteen years old, so he's not done growing. And he, oh, dude, he's he's so skinny. He he looks like if someone drew a stick figure. 
and then like put clothes on him. He's just really, really skinny. And like <laughs> me and Andrew will sometimes be like, dude, you know, we can, uh, we can assign you a, a regiment to work out on and eat a shitload of food and stuff. He's like, I already eat a lot. We're like, no, you need to eat more. <laughs> 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 Clearly you've got a fast metabolism and good places to store it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and I, I looked at him and I've said this several times to him. I said, dude, I know how to put on muscle quickly. Right. I, give me six months. I could get you to put on 50, 60 pounds. Yeah. Which, I mean, you work out with me as well. You yeah. know, that, that's entirely possible. Oh, yeah. Big time. Like, especially you just, if you have to be serious about it. You have to eat correctly. It's just. And if you're going to bulk, mm-hmm. you're going to bulk. Yes. Right. And this is what this guy needs because he, he, he's not. Yeah. He's so, he's so skinny. Mm-hmm. I mean, like when you, when you think of someone who's like six three or six four, you're like, whoa, six three, six four. That's a pretty tall guy. Right. No, I look at him and I'm just like, nah, I'm not, I'm not scared of you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not scared of you. You know, it's it's, it's like, dude, because you you're you're half of me, but right. you're taller. Mm-hmm. You know, and certainly not tall enough to, uh, than me to matter. Yeah. It's not. It's not like I'd be fighting with this guy. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Again, he's a great guy. Um, but. It's, it is kind of funny because he's not the only person I know who's like that. Yeah. And every time I run across someone like that, it's just kind of like, huh. Yeah. Well, I'd like to get back on the subject of cars. Like, I'd like to kind of right. explain like how they work, like how they, how everything fits together and runs. Right. So what I am curious about is, so when you turn the ignition in a mm-hmm. car, right, you put the key in, you turn it. Now that's electric, right? So the key it is electric. It sends shocks into the starter, which will spit out a gear. So right. the starter is kind of like a cylinder, and it spits out a small gear right. to hit the flywheel, which is right in between the transmission and the engine. Mm-hmm. It catches that and gets it turning. The engine will catch and start running, which is what – and then the wheel will pop back in. That's what the starter does, and that's how the whole ignition system is. Oh, right. So, okay then. Then I have a good question for you is how did that work – before, you know, like early, early cars, like, you know, back in 1886. At that point, so it would have been a pull start. A pull start? Yes. So the way the, so the way the starter works is it gets the flywheel turning. Right. And it catches and starts running. Mm-hmm. Pull start is basically a manual way or a manual starter. Oh, you mean like where they go to the front of the car and they like, they turn the thingy? They'll either start cranking it by hand or they'll pull. Like a rope, and it gets that spinning, kind, kind of, of like a lawnmower, kind of like oh, just oh. like that. Oh, so, so that's I'm okay. guessing the older car, like the first car, would have been something like that to get that flywheel turning and make it catch. Okay, no, that makes sense. Not gonna lie, because like I was always curious about that, because like okay, I'm pretty sure this is electric going on here. Right. How did they do this back in the old days? They I, didn't. I I I, I <laughs> well, right. Um, I guess I just forgot about. You know, those old movies where you see people cranking a car? Yeah. Well, like, oh, yeah. they'll hop out. Like, old, like, World War One movies where they hop out and they're sitting there cranking, like, we need to go. Let's go. Let's go. And they're sitting there cranking. It's very funny. But it is a little funny, especially, like, those old mm-hmm. those, those old cameras, you know, because they're, they're hand-cranking on it to, like, to take a whole bunch of pictures. <laughs> so, like, it's sporadic. If, I don't know if you ever noticed this. I mean, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a cinephile. So I noticed this mm-hmm. where – because the way those old camera cranks would work is that when the the cameraman would get like excited or something, mm-hmm. he would spin it faster. 
And so you'll notice that the image will get kind of smoother, but also like quicker moving at the same time because mm -hmm. of the way that worked. But then casually it would be kind of like, you know, do, 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 do. it would be very choppy. I've never so, actually noticed that. Not gonna lie. Well, of course, you're not a cinephile. <laughs> I, I pay attention to studies. So I'm saying, like, if ever, if ever we you do one of these where we're talking about movies, I will. I could just be talking the whole time. Well, you probably will be. I don't. I'm not a big movie person. I don't watch that many movies. But they're great. They're fun. Yeah. Yeah. But like, it's just it is kind of funny. You see those old videos of those guys. You know, it's like, D -d -d -d, and it just kind of look, it looks kind of cartoony in a way. Yeah. It's just kind of like, oh goodness, goodness, you're, you're actually doing that. <laughs> You know, you just click a button and you're like, boop, here we go. Oh, yeah, you got those new Action. cars. Well, no, like my brother's got a car, right? Mm -hmm. And I actually drove it around for a little bit when I was looking for the one I currently have. And, wow, that thing, dude, he he loves to boast about this. And, frankly, he has all the reason to because it is this is this is cool as shit, right? He right. has he, – he does have a key for the car, but – It's it, just a key fob. It has to be in the vehicle. He just pushes the button. Yeah, you just push it up. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not a fan of this. I have had to unlock my friend's cars many times, or one of my friend's cars, because she has a button start, and she keeps locking her keys in there. Well, that's a great and thing. And you have to have the keys outside the car to unlock the car. Well, here's the great thing about Steve, the, my, my brother's car, is that if the keys are in there, the car will not lock. Hmm. And he was actually showing this to me. Puts the keys in the front seat, closes the door, you know, pushes the button on the handle to lock it, mm -hmm. and it's like, eh, nope. <laughs> it was just like, okay, just, just nope. Well, that eradicates that issue. And right. I was thinking about that. You know, like that's that's hyper electric. That's just like, whoa. Like, if you took that car, which is not like like by today's standards, is not like super impressive. Yeah. If you took that car, brought it back to I don't know, eighteen eighty six, when you got mm -hmm. the guy. You know, trying to put a motor in on a put a motor in on a wagon, right? They would be like, "Well, this is some science fiction stuff right here. It must be a witch, <laughs> right?" Oh, but it's not a woman. <laughs> uh, it'd be like, really? I mean, you know, a lot of people, you know, they they sort of like complain about stuff that they have, like, "Oh, this, we should be better." But like, you just go back, hell, not even a hundred years. You go back just like fifty years. This shit was not around. You go a back. A lot of stuff was not around. You go back fifty years ago. You're in the seventies, right? Mm -hmm. You're in the seventies, dude. What type of cars did they have back then? Did they have cars that actually had twenty miles to the gallon? No. No. Did they have cars that had functional, fully functioning airbags and like that was a standard? No. Did, did they have? Can I, let me ask you this: Did they have engines that could go zero to sixty in even four seconds? Uh, no. They, some of them can now because people have done insane amounts of work. But well, four seconds, like my brother's car, he can it, that that. Well, my, my other brother's car, he can do it in four seconds. I've done it in that car <coughs> because we're about to turn out into the highway, and he's just like, "Floor it, man!" <laughs> so, and I floored it, and I, you know, because I'm used to driving. You know, old used cars. Right. You know, and I'm like, okay, this is going to take me like maybe, you know, six to nine seconds mm -hmm. to, you know, actually get up to 60 miles per hour. No, this thing was just that I literally, it was great. Like I saw the RPM bump up to six for like a split second, then it dropped it down because the automatic transmission was just so 
so perfect mm-hmm. and the all the wilding no it's much more it's not as quick but it's much well it depends on who's driving but it's much more fun in a manual because you control how quickly you accelerate but you know i was i was actually i reminds me i was reading this thing and my, my brother-in-law was telling me about it too where you know you can you have like professional manual drivers where they're just like manual driving is the only way well okay so there is there's a couple different types of manual so you have manual which is a floor shift and then there's also something called paddle shift. There's actually no clutch. Hmm. It is a paddle up. So on a newer vehicle, sometimes it is up on the like steering wheel, right. like by it, that you shift from like first or from, sorry, from park to drive. There are hmm. some vehicles that are manual, but they don't have a clutch. It's just a paddle that you pull and right. you pull it. I can't, I've never actually driven one. I really, really want to. You probably should. You're the type of guy that would like really appreciate that. That's a lot of drifters use those. Oh yeah, because they kill it. They can stay in the same gear. Yes. Just... Okay. Oh no, that but actually what, sounds like a lot. Basically, of fun. what they do is they pop it out, like push it and pull it, right? Like the paddle, kind of like you do with your brights. It's kind of like, or some some uh, windshield wipers. It's like you pull it this way like once, twice, and then it'll turn your windshield on slower, faster. These are like first, second, third, first, or second, first, and then reverse, and then. Oh, so it's all the stuff then. Yes. Right. Okay, but I was, but my, I was, I was reading this thing, and as I said, my brother-in-law was telling me about it as well. Where you know you have those, you know, automatic car driver, you know, purist out there. Yes. But it has to be automatic, you know. And. Uh, and I hate them. Well, yeah, they're kind of they're kind of, they're kind of annoying. It's just like, dude, yeah. appreciate the technology, man. Right. And well, obviously, I prefer a manual personally. I but, enjoy manuals. I know how to drive them. So Tesla came out with a new car. I, I think this might have been a year ago or sometime recent, more recent than a year ago, should I say? But it, it's like a, a combination between electric and gas automatic transmission. Hmm. And it has the fastest and smoothest transmission. The, the needle will never cross five thousand RPM. Yeah, that's lame. But here's the thing about that is that you accelerate so fucking fast because it just boom. Because it just it just boom and just goes. And goes. Yeah, right. So technically, the transmission is electric. It just goes. Right. It's not actually shifting. It's not like move from this gear that gear well it, it, it is just, it, it is. just goes it is moving from gear to gear right because it has to but it's like different where it's just like you know it, it's like it's like the way it's configured out organized inside the transmission it is just so smooth where it just goes yeah. and there and so yeah my, my brother-in-law was telling me about this he was he, i do not like tesla personally but it's elon musk I have no I have respect for the technology. Right. It is impressive. But cars started gas. Well, technically they started to be the first ones were steam. So right. the first the very first engine was a steam. Either way, it used vapor. Yes. Obviously the first like automobile was gas or gasoline. But from basically from that on it, it they just need to be gas that's what they're meant to run on but gas but don't you know that kills the planet Karen 
that I don't really care about. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> like, I care about the planet, obviously, but really, does it? Because we pull it right out of the ground. We do. We do. Where does it go? Into the atmosphere, and it kills dinosaurs. That aren't here. But no, maybe that's what killed the dinosaurs. Kieran, you have to understand, global warming is a cycle. It's, it's terrible. It's killed so many people. I mean, it's can terrible. You, can you imagine what those... What those Triceratops farts did? <laughs> the Triceratops is like, just lets a big one out, and the ozone layer is just like, well, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm, no, done. I'm out of here. Vehicles, <laughs> the first one were gas, and they just, they need to stay that way. They were gas. They continue to be that way. Right. They, it, that is, that's what I think. They were meant to run. They need to stay running on that. I have respect for the technology of Elon Musk. Right. It is impressive. Their zero to 60 is impressive. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people, I know some people who are like, well, dude, it does zero to 60, and that'd be so-and-so's car. So-and-so's car was gas. You cannot compare them. The only way to actually compare or do zero to 60, like race or test, or, or race a Tesla is to race another electric car. You cannot race a gas car because right, the, the electric it's not more... fair it's a very different technology it runs completely different it's just you you can't compare them it does and actually some of these new tesla cars i mean they, they barely have an engine right no they don't it's like a big box yeah full of wires and fuses which and is really neat it is it's interesting yes because like they, they, a, they, like they were they figured all of this out like we can run a car from just a big battery and then you charge it now, is it cheaper than gas? No. It's not cheap. These cars, no. They're the electric, the battery does not hold very much. But it, hold, it, it, actually, it goes it, it, for it, it, about 350 miles. Right. Which is less than a lot of cars. Well, I mean, my car, before I have to fill it up, it'll, now, go, it'll go like 250, 270 miles. But the thing about that is that I can just fill it up in like 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. You know, just drive to the gas Tesla station. Tesla, as you sit there, and I don't even know. I've never driven a Tesla. I don't have any intent. Well, I'll probably drive one. I have no intention of buying one ever. Right. I have respect for the technology. I wouldn't buy one. Well, what I was told. gas. What I, what I was told. As retardedly expensive as it is now. Right. What I was told, actually, because that's a fair point. Thank you, you, Joe Biden. Right. that subject. Well, you actually, you, uh. This reminds me of something I was told is that you have those rich people mm -hmm. they'll own two cars. So they'll have their gas car. Super nice sport car. Right. And it's worth like three million dollars. Or 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 like a van, whatever. whatever. And they'll use that when they're doing really long trips. Like, oh, we're gonna go on vacation. we're mm -hmm. gonna we're gonna go on vacation. Let's go. Right. And then they have their electric car for like just their daily commutes because then they park the car back in the garage and they just set it to charge. Yeah. And and they're never gonna use a lot of it. And that's just how that works. And so, yeah, like when you when you bring up like, oh, they only last 300 miles. Well, a lot of some some people have made the mistake of doing this, of course, but uh, like rich people who mm -hmm. can afford these cars will only use them for commutes because then that cuts out their their gas prices. And, you know, paying for just some ele extra right. electricity every month is way, is way cheaper. Right. And they can afford to buy the car. So it's fine. Mm hmm. You know, no, I'm not, I'm not a fan of electric cars. Like, you know, Toyota can't came out with the hybrid, 
which it is, it's electric, sorry, yes, it's electric up to about 30 miles an hour, and then it's gas. It switches over. It's both. I don't like it. I think it's retarded. Oh, that sounds weird to me. It is. It's very strange. Now, I can't remember exactly how it works. I don't remember if you have to charge it or it just charges itself while you're running because gas can produce electricity when it is built right. Right. Or the engine is built correctly. So I think that it makes its own electricity while you're driving above 30 miles an hour. And then once you go under 30 miles an hour, it uses that. So it's supposed to save gas, but I still, I'm not a fan of it. Well, I, I mean, don't agree with I it. Mean, it's kind of stupid. If the car is designed to have really good highway mileage, mm-hmm. and then you, it's 30 miles an hour, so you, essentially you would be using that really only in the city. Yeah, it's actually, it's not, I mean, I can see that It's working. not a bad idea, and it, it does work. I just, I just... I'm not a fan. Oh no, I think it, I think if you try to combine the two technologies, you could end up with some technical issues mm-hmm. in the car itself. Definitely. Because like say like like do they have like a is there like an automatic switch or something where it just switches over yes, from one it, to the other? It does it by itself. Now, when I mention that like that could be problematic if that switch were to break. Yes, and machines break. Machines that's, always break. That's part of a machine. They just they do break. They always There's break. really nothing you can do about it. There's literally nothing you can do about it. They're always, always going to break. That's part of them. They, that's just one thing. They, they break. Yeah. I mean, but still, the technology, like, to be able to do this is still really cool. It is very cool. It's impressive. It, it's interesting. You know, actually, I was listening to the radio the other week, and this could eradicate the whole, which is better in regards to mileage and shit like that. Right. Because I read something that's really cool. So now I'm not one for the whole climate change thing, you know, the whole fear of that. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's some data to support it, but then there's other other data from equally, you know, commemorable scientists that disproves it at the same time. So it's a shaky subject no matter which way you slice it. And of course, of course, a lot of people are going to agree with me are going to disagree with me on that. Right. But I was listening to this uh, on the radio actually the other day and the guy was talking about how apparently like some government institute that's in charge of like carbon emissions and stuff like that or something like that. I don't know. But has sent out a thing to all motor companies that Mm -hmm. by 2050, every single car that is produced, right, and preferably by 2040 – this would be done, but the, like the, the cap is 2050. Every car that is made by them must have a combined MPG of 50 miles to the gallon. Hmm. Now, that's combined, so highway mileage would obviously be way better. And There's plenty of cars with that now, but... But they're super expensive. This would mean yes. that every single new car would have to have it, which you, means that you can't say that. It's, that, that wouldn't that wouldn't work. But they're gonna they're gonna have to do it because it's it's mandated. Like they don't By have who? a choice. By uh, some go- I, again some go- I forget the name of the institute, but some government institute that's in charge of the uh, eco stuff of that nature. I don't know. 
They can't mandate something of that. Well, they mandate vaccines to health professionals. They think they can. They cannot, technically. They are. They are. Hmm. You know? But here's the thing. Whether or not you talk about, you know, climate change and all that mm-hmm. stuff, you know what? If in the future, every every new car you buy is going to have a combined of MPG of 50 miles to the gallon... I'm not going to complain, obviously. I'm going to be freaking happy. I'll be like, oh, wow, I, that'll save me a lot of money. It will save a lot of money, but I think that it is wrong to mandate. Well, right. But, like, it would it is, it is, would be nicer. Yeah. You know, because, like, your truck is a gas guzzler. Yes. You'd be, you're, you're lucky if you get 12 miles to the gallon on that. Uh, I'd say 12 and 15-ish, rather. Right. I mean, my car's twice as good. Mm-hmm. You know? Before we wrap this up, which will be here in a few minutes, I'd like to just go over the entire car and basically a very quick overview of how it runs. Right, wrap, 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 wrap things up. Kind of wrap up. this up. It, yeah, because, I mean, we would probably go on longer, but the time cap is at 60 and we're running at 48 minutes. Yep. And we don't want to risk <laughs> getting to a situation where we're like, okay, we're trying to wrap things up and then cap. And so, we don't end it properly, so... We, we want to end it properly. Well, let's start. With, so under the hood, you have the engine, and you have a battery, and an alternator, and a transmission, and axles, and brakes. Basically, everything that's pretty obvious. Right. So you turn the key, and that makes the starter start the engine. In the engine, that gets the flywheel turning, which starts turning the crankshaft. The crankshaft has, depending on the engine, we'll say the engine I'm building currently, eight cylinders attached to it. As those turn, they're pumping. When they get to a certain height, they hit the spark plugs, which spark, which ignites gasoline, which pushes them back down, which keeps it keeps it running. Right. It's like many explosions constantly. That's They push the pistons back down, and that keeps the engine running. Now they do that all at a different time so that it keeps it at a steady pace. Right, so it doesn't like overheat or anything right. like that. Right. Um, so I'm just wiping this up real quick. Um, so the um, so on top of the crankshaft, there is something called a crank a crankshaft. So the crank sh- or the camshaft. And then on top of that, there's a crankshaft. The crankshaft has a bunch of oval-shaped circles on it, and those push against the lifters. The lifters have a metal rod going up onto something which pushes a spring down, which releases gasoline into the engine, which it is a chain reaction which gets it all running. As everything turns, the crankshaft when it is all put together, is attached to the transmission. The transmission, we explained that earlier, if you remember all that, there's a, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it goes right through there, which coming off the transmission is the drive shaft. That goes into the rear differential, which is kind of a mini, mini transmission. It, uh, it, There's a many, many little gears in there which make everything come together and turn the wheels. Now, some vehicles are four-wheel drive, 
So they will have, so right off of the transmission, they have something called a transfer case, mm -hmm. which off the transfer case comes a smaller drive shaft leading to the front axle, which turns the front wheels and the, for, and the rear wheels. Some cars are only front wheel drive. Some cars are only rear wheel drive. Some cars are all wheel drive, which is, which means that when one tire slips, it automatically kicks into four wheel drive. Some vehicles are four wheel drive, which means that you have to shift it on your own. Otherwise it won't go into four. Right. And on some trucks, you can just like turn a switch. Yeah. That's a lot of newer vehicles. I'm not a fan of that. I like the floor, the floor shift. I don't know, but that's harder. Like I've seen you kind of like, it's part of the truck. It's, it's an older truck. But it can get a little dicky with you at times. So it's, yeah. it, it wouldn't be easier for you just like just try not. Well, I'm not a lazy person, so I'm not overly picky. Well, I am a lazy person. <laughs> I'm well aware. I'm fat, so. But that that runs the vehicle, which gets it going. Not that bad. I've actually lost. It. There's a lot more to it. I don't have time to explain, but. Right. It's it's very cool. And you very know, very interesting. Right, and thing. you know, if people want to just you know look into it more past this, obviously. They can like you know go on Google. I'm I'm, pre I'm sure actually, they could, I they could pretty find much it. everything I've learned is off Google, or other stuff. Or did you, just, you you worked with a couple of mechanics for a while there. So. Uh, I did not actually. I I pretty much learned everything I've learned is on my own or by YouTube and uh, sorry, and Google. So what you're saying you can you find should... pretty much everything you need to know about a vehicle there. So what you're I've saying looked up is history you're... and blueprints and everything. So what you're telling me is your opinion is not necessarily trustworthy. Mm, no, I would say it's trustworthy because I have but it's successfully Google. taken apart a vehicle and rebuilt, or and in the middle of rebuilding, mm. and I've helped rebuild another vehicle. All right. So your credentials are incomplete. Is that what you're saying? Just, just shush. <laughs> uh, I'm just if, if you don't believe anything, because Eddie is kind of that. Kind of person. I'm gonna nitpick you as and much as I can. And he's kind of being an asshole right now. Oh, I'm uh, always am. That, uh, that's how I. That's how I do things. Just, just look it up. Yeah, yeah. I'd say 99% of what I'm saying is true. I mean, there's there may be a couple small things that I'm a little off on, but right. I mean, it's hard to remember the names of every single part right. of a vehicle. I mean, right. you, you can't fault someone for that. Mm -hmm. I say I have learned quite a few things here. Like you've answered several things about transmissions and how they work and gears and all that. And yeah. You know, for someone like me, you know, I'm not going to say I'm completely illiterate in regards to vehicles. I, I think I've learned, you know, a, a good bit of information. Over the last year. Otherwise, you'd be pretty stupid with vehicles. Well, that's, you why, you, that, me. that's, that, that's why you're my friend. Yeah. And for no other reason. <laughs> well, that kind of hurts. You might have to end this soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you, man. So, uh, yeah. Um, so this has been Eddie's ATF. This is second episode, you know. Um, I'd like you, to thank everybody for listening. Absolutely. Um, and again, if which there's probably not many of, but hopefully we right. get a lot. And again, <laughs> if you want to double check anything my dumb friend has said about cars, you know, go right feel ahead. Feel free to. Feel free to. You know, ask a mechanic, someone with experience. You know, <laughs> I have experience. He does have experience. I don't have true. loads of experience, but I have experience. Yeah, you, know, you want to open a mechanic shop in the future, right? In the in the future, within the next fifteen years, I hope to have a full restoration shop. A restoration shop is basically you take older vehicles and you strip them down all the way from you take the body, everything off, down to the frame. You rebuild the frame and everything back up until it is restored into its former beauty. 
the car was when it was for when it first came off the assembly line. Right. And so pretty much, you know, to it's a lot of work. That, right. But so, it's very much worth it if you have love for cars like I do. Right. So anyone listening, you know, if you enjoyed this discussion about cars, you know, um, please, please like and follow and yeah, absolutely. hang around for more because this will not be the last one about vehicles that we do. Most certainly. And please recommend it to your friends and such of that because, you know, the, the more views we get, the more listeners we got, the more we could possibly help this poor soul start his own mechanic shop. <laughs> <laughs> it would be nice, but it would yeah. be nice. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, I think that'll write about do it for episode two here, you know? Nothing, nothing super fancy, but we did talk about cars a lot. We did. You know? And thank I, you very much, everybody. Yeah. All right. And uh, we'll see you around. You all have a good one. Bye. Bye.